listening to the audio-only version of American RVer. To see the video podcast, go to AmericanRVer.com and click on the video link for the show on the homepage. It's time for American RVer. We're glad you could join us. In this show, we travel to Forest City, Iowa, and meet with Winnebago's Kelly Harms. She shows us the new Era Touring Coach, which also comes in a 4x4 version to get off the beaten path. We also talk about the Travato, for those RVers seeking more adventure. Next, Peg heads for the RV kitchen and puts together a great fall treat, pumpkin bars. Thanks for watching, and enjoy the show. Welcome to this edition of American RV, or I'm Peggy Gritch, and joining me today is Kelly Harms. She's the Director of Marketing and Public Relations at Winnebago Industries. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you very much. Great to be back. Thank you. And as you know, we've been traveling around the country this year, and we've ended up in Forest City, Iowa, of course, the headquarters of Winnebago Industries. And Kelly's here to talk a little bit about some of the new trends in RVing, and let's see where you fit into that picture. So Kelly, thank you for joining us today again. You're welcome. All right, tell us about this little uh, RV Class B that's behind us. Right, well this is the Winnebago Touring Coach Era. It's built on the Mercedes Sprinter chassis. And Winnebago has just really been surging in the Class B market with the Era. And then we also build a motorhome called the Travato and it's built on the Ram Promaster chassis. And okay. we're really excited about these products because they really seem to start hitting that outdoor, um, active outdoor, man and woman and family and they like to go out and they like to canoe and they bike and they can take these vehicles and maneuver them throughout right, various places. Right, you can places. go to city parks, state parks, national parks. Definitely. Parking lots. Parking lots <laughs> if they like to, but our Travato has like, you know, racks on the top for kayaks and bike oh, racks. Um, so that's great for that one. This one we see a lot of women and couples, soccer moms that do a lot of traveling on the weekends to tournaments and they have a bathroom on board and sleeping and stuff instead of always staying in hotels. So, Well, when I think about a Class B, I think, of course, very small. Mm -hmm. So how many people would be able to sleep in a Class well, B like this? Right, this one you can probably put about three in here. Mm -hmm. There's a, a bed in the back and then there's the dinette that converts. And so they range from three to four. In the Travato, there's um, a queen bed in the back and then a dinette that you could sleep two kids. So they are compact, but. So you talk about soccer moms, do you find that this is a younger demographic then that's buying the Class Bs? I think so, yeah, because they're just maybe getting their feet wet into the RV, RV industry, RV lifestyle. So they start with something that's very maneuverable, something they, you know, the, the Sprinter chassis is very attractive to a number of people for its fuel efficiency and its maneuverability. Right. And then we find that maybe they, if they get married, have kids, then they, they get something bigger and then they maybe go up the chain and then go back down the chain later as life cycles. So. Yes, yeah, so are you seeing older people coming back down to this size vehicle definitely, as well? Definitely, definitely. Especially those, you know, that, those um, baby boomers that still want to get out and enjoy long weekends but don't want to have a big 40-foot motorhome. They want right. something small and compact. Yeah, they're not full-time anymore. They're not mm -hmm. six months of the year. Now they're sticking more close to home. Right, yep. Mm -hmm. But they still want to have that convenience of going they, somewhere. That's and not right. sleeping in their kids' bed or right. something. They still want the flexibility and the freedom of being in, in an RV, and this is something that works right. for them. So. Now this looks like it's more an on-road vehicle. Do you have some that are going to be more off-road or something that will be a little more 
able to handle rougher roads. Yep, we just introduced the Era 4x4, which has the oh. four-wheel drive Sprinter oh, chassis. Okay. Lifts it up a little bit higher, so people that like to go off-roading a little bit more adventuresome, they can still have the beauty of this Era, but in a 4x4 feature. Is this something you could tow a boat with or tow some other vehicle or a trailer with some toys on it? Definitely. We, um, I recently had the Travato at the GoPro Games in June, this past June, and we drew, we drove with a, a car behind, a little Honda Fit, right? and we had no trouble at all. We had a lot of fun with it, actually. It was nice oh. to be camped, and then we could just take our little car and weave around, so. Right, so you mm -hmm. have the advantage of having a big motorhome, but just in a smaller package. Yep, definitely. What are some of the features of this particular motorhome that you'd like to point out to us? Well, it's got a fully equipped galley, and it's what's nice about the galley is that it has the covers of the, on the galley they, they can, you can flip them up to use the burner or the sink, but then push mm -hmm. them back down for two of extra countertop space. Mm -hmm. So an efficient use of space. Bathroom, sleeping quarters, has a television that swivels out. So if you're outside, maybe, and you're enjoying the day, but want to catch the game, you can watch the TV. Lots of good storage and cabinetry, generator, seats that swivel so okay. when you're parked and table and- Does it have an awning? It does have an awning that extends, okay. has a screen door here. So that when you're outside oh, nice. and you want to shut the screen but still have the fresh air coming in that's easy to do too. Right. Do you find, do you have like a screen room that would attach to the awning? Is that something I've, that would be an option for someone? We don't, but I'm sure there's an aftermarket product that someone could buy if they wanted to. Right. So, so that would give them a little more outdoor space in yep. case they get bugs or something yep. depending on where they're traveling. Uh -huh. And uh, the 4x4, uh, you said you just introduced that. Mm -hmm. Is it available for people to purchase? Yes, we've had it at a couple shows already. Um, had it at the Hershey Show, and we're, it's available for people to purchase. And um, I, I think we've, they've had some really good interest in it so far. Do you think that this younger market, this younger demographic, um, is really surging? Do you see that trend in the in the RV world that that now that younger market is really the bulk of where the RV sales are? Well, I think we still have a very good core group of the baby boomers that still have that discretionary income and want to get out and enjoy the freedom of RVing and the lifestyle. I think we're exposing a younger crowd to the potential and the idea of RVing. And that's where these people that are active outdoorsmen, whether they're bicycle or kayakers you're like oh I can enjoy my lifestyle and go chase that next river or chase that bicycle path or road okay. off off-road event so they're finding out that oh this is maybe the best way to go do these events and these different across the country so we're it's it's almost like making them more aware of the RV lifestyle and that's how I think we're just going to continue to pick up steam in that industry right do you get to go to a lot of different shows then yourself, Kelly? And are you meeting with these people that are interested in these vehicles? Yeah, well, I was just last week out at the Pomona show in California, the, um, the the big show out there in the West, and had a lot of good traffic in the in the era and the Toronto out there, and um, a lot of met with a lot of interesting people still looking at the RV lifestyle, either looking yeah. to first be first timers or go into something bigger. So okay, great. Well, thank you for taking a few minutes yeah. just to be with us and introduce us to some of new, the new product lines from Winnebago. Yeah, we're excited. Thanks for coming. Yeah, all right. You're welcome. And yeah. if you could promise that this weather would stay like this, we'd stay longer. Oh, I would love it, yeah. too. If it gets like this <laughs> December 24th, it can snow one day on Christmas and right. then go back to this. Yeah, so. I hear you, Kelly. <laughs> all right, and we'll be back with more of American RV in just a moment, and you'll get a chance to learn how to make some pumpkin bars for your fall activities. We'll be right back. We'll return with a delicious treat, pumpkin bars. 
Want to replace your halogen or fluorescent lights with cool, energy-efficient LEDs? Then check out www.ledrvlighting.com. They specialize in interior LED RV lighting. With low prices, a good selection, and fast delivery, you can't beat them. You can even get LED tubes that directly replace your fluorescent lights, quick and easy. Go to www.ledrvlighting.com, your best source for RV LED lights. Fall is here, and in certain parts of the country, that means cooler temperatures, which means you do more baking, and of course, you think about pumpkin. So I found this great recipe for pumpkin bars, and I just wanted to share it with you. What you're gonna do is start with one can, 15 ounces of pumpkin. Now, if you wanted to do your own pumpkin, you certainly could, you know, um, cut it up, cook it down, make sure you get all, as much moisture out of it as you can. The canned pumpkin is already done for you, so that makes it very easy. So I'm just using a canned pumpkin today. We're gonna mix our wet ingredients first. We've got one can of pumpkin, I'm going to add to that one cup of sugar and I've got my mixer already so that we can uh, mix all that together. Not that pumpkin needs a lot of sugar, but yeah, actually it does because it's, you know, it's a vegetable. So anyway, pumpkin, mix it with the sugar. I'm just going to mix it so when I get my mixer in here, it doesn't spray all over the place. The next thing I'm going to add to my pumpkin will be two eggs. The eggs are going to help bind this together. And again, it is a pumpkin bar. It's kind of like a pumpkin cake, but it's a little more dense than that. So two eggs. We'll take care of that right here. Alrighty. I'm just going to give those a quick mix. And I'm going to get my mixer out and mix those all together. And then I'm going to add some oil and some vanilla. Alright. Okay, I have the sugar and the pumpkin and the eggs incorporated. Now I'm going to add a third of a cup of oil. And you can really use any kind of oil here. Don't use, um, you know, an olive oil. That would be much too potent. But I'm using a canola oil today. So just one third of a cup of oil. And then I'm going to add my vanilla. And for vanilla, I have just one teaspoon. Find my teaspoon. And I'm going to go ahead and mix all that together again so that we have a nice incorporated mixture. And then we're going to mix our dry ingredients and put those in the mixture. Once that's all mixed, we're going to put that aside and now we're going to mix our dry ingredients together. It's just like making a cake or a brownie. We're going to do the wet ingredients first and then the dry ingredients. So let me move that off a little bit to the side so we can take care of the flour. We don't need the sugar anymore because that's already incorporated in with the pumpkin. So what I'm going to mix together are two cups of flour. And you know when you um, scoop flour out, do scoop it into the cup so it's nice and light and then level it off. And that's how you're going to accurately measure the flour. Don't just scoop it and pack in that flour. You want a nice light mixture of flour. So there we go, two cups of flour. That's good to go. Next up, we're going to put in our spices. I have ground ginger, which is always a treat. And the ground ginger, we just need a quarter of a teaspoon. So let me get my quarter of a teaspoon out. 
and we're going to put in the ginger. Of course, we want to mix all of this together before we put it into our batter. So there's our ginger. Next up, we have ground clove. Now, clove is a very potent spice, so you really only want an eighth of a teaspoon of a cloves. So let me get that. All right, sort of like making a pumpkin pie, and that's kind of what it's going to taste like, but it'll be in a bar form, so it's easier, and actually you can have smaller pieces, and then you can eat more. So um, one teaspoon of cinnamon. And my teaspoon doesn't fit in my little teaspoon container, so I'm going to have to just pour that in like that. Once we've got those three in, I need to add my salt and my leavening agents. So it is just a teaspoon of salt. Let me get that ready to go. Alrighty. And then a teaspoon of baking powder and a teaspoon of baking soda. There's a teaspoon of baking powder and actually a half a teaspoon of baking soda. You don't need quite as much baking soda. And uh, what happens is the baking soda will start working once you mix it with the wet ingredients and that starts to give it some lift. And the baking powder will not start working until you apply some heat. So that's uh, why you use both of those. Alrighty, let me mix all those together. Once these dry ingredients are all mixed together, and you do want to have them nice and mixed because nobody likes to get a bite of baking powder or baking soda as they're eating their food. Once they're all mixed, you're going to take your wet ingredients and we're going to, in, in stages, add the dry ingredients to the wet ingredients. Again, it's just like you would make a cake. So I'm just going to mix those in a little bit and then I'm going to take my mixer just to get them incorporated a little bit better. And then I'm going to add some more. Now you don't want to over mix this because you don't want your um, little bar to be tough. So you basically just want to get it mixed in so everything is moist. Let me add some more. And let's get that mixed up. Boy, this is looking really good and it smells really good. I just love the smell of pumpkin in the fall. So when is, once that's done, what we're going to do is we're going to preheat our oven to 350 degrees and this is going to bake for 30 minutes in a regular oven. Now since I have a convection microwave oven, I'm still going to use the regular bake feature but I'm going to set my timer for 20 minutes and then just keep watching it um, and see when it's done. I don't want to overcook these because I don't want these to get dry. Now what I've already done is prepared my pan. It's a 9 by 13 pan and I did put some oil, you know, I sprayed it and then I put uh, flour on the bottom to help keep that from sticking to the pan when it's all done. And we're basically going to just, you know, put it in the pan and get ready to put it in the oven. And that's really all there is to it. Now it is made with a cream cheese frosting. And I'll talk to you about that once this is done. Just going to smooth it out into the pan. And then we'll put it in the oven. And in the convection oven, 
we're going to use the short rack just to keep it up off the bottom of the uh, plate in the oven. It gives a more even heat. And because this is a 13 by 9 pan, I'm going to have to turn my turntable off because this is too large to be able to um, turn in the oven. So with that, since the left back corner of the convection oven tends to be hotter than the rest of the oven, what I'm going to have to do is about midway through, I'm going to have to turn this pan around so that it cooks more evenly. So all we're going to do is put the rack in the oven, my preheated 350 degree oven. Go ahead and put my pan in. Turn my turntable off, do convection, 350, and as I said, I'm going to do just 20 minutes and start, and we are good to go. While the pumpkin bars were cooking, I actually made some cream cheese frosting. Now the recipe calls for two cups of uh, powdered sugar, four ounces of cream cheese, and a little bit of vanilla. Now you all know how to make cream cheese frosting. What I did is I decided to add a banana. I read somewhere that you could add a banana instead of a liquid. So I did, and when my bananas get old, I just throw them in the freezer, and that way I can take them out, make smoothies, other kinds of things. Well, I decided to use that banana in my cream cheese frosting. Well, unfortunately, what happened is I used a whole banana, and there's a lot of moisture in that. I ended up using almost a whole pound of powdered sugar in order to make this frosting. Consequently, I've got a bunch left over. So I'm going to go ahead and use this frosting on the pumpkin bars. So what I'm, what I'm going to do is take this out of the oven, and really with this microwave convection oven, it was done in 20 minutes. And remember my recipe said 30, so the convection oven really took off 10 minutes from that time. So this is what it looks like. And you can see that it's raised very well. I might not have turned it quick enough because this side is a little bit lower. That was a side on the left. And um, I don't really care because I'm going to put frosting over the top of that. Let me put these uh, pads underneath of it. So I'm just going to easily put my frosting on top of the pumpkin bars and then I'm ready to try it. Oh, this is nice how it's just melting over the top of the pumpkin bars. I can't wait to cut a piece for myself and give it a try. And Jim on the camera is also a little bit anxious to give this a try too. And because I made this frosting ahead of time, it was a little cool from being in the refrigerator. So in this particular instance only, I'm actually frosting it with the pumpkin bars warm so that I can kind of make that frosting uh, smooth out a little bit better. Normally you would wait until the pumpkin bars are cool before you put the frosting on. And there we have it, my finished pumpkin bar. It looks delicious. I cannot wait to try it. Mmm, that is good. Nice pumpkin flavor not too sweet, which is really nice. So enjoy your fall season, enjoy your holidays, and be sure to include a great pumpkin bar in your next cooking adventure. <laughs>